welcome card. Please fill that welcome card out. Take it to the Welcome Center when you first came in this morning, which is right behind this wall. We have a very special gift for you. Great to have you all here. I have one quick announcement. Um, if you would, open up your Family News Bulletin, grab this sheet. There's one sheet inside there. We're starting a new series called What on Earth Am I Here For It next week. This morning's kind of a transition between the, the last series, Touch One, and that series. All right, so we're going to kind of roll right into it. But what we're going to do is we also, not only on Sunday mornings are we going to be talking about this, but we're going to be talking about it in our life groups. And I really, really, really want to encourage you. I know how busy you guys are. I totally understand that. We're not going to put like you on a guilt trip or anything. But this is just from my heart. I really would love it if everyone in the church could get connected to a life group for that six-week period. It's a six-week series. What on earth am I here for? It's going to be a great time for all of us to be together. So if you're not in a life group... This is a list of life group opportunities. Pick the one that best fits you. We have Sunday mornings. We have Sunday nights. We have all during the week. So we should be able to meet your needs if you'd like to be a part of that. So make sure you check it out. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. God, thank you for this awesome day. And Father, thank you for each person who's going to walk through this door this morning. Father, we pray that you would just touch lives, that you would touch hearts. Lord, that you would open us up to what you want to say to us individually and as a body. God, we love you so much. We pray, dear God, as people are coming here this morning, that you would keep them safe as they travel in this weather. Pray, dear God, that we would just do everything, all the things that we do, would just bring glory to your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand up, find someone you haven't seen in a God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father, And the thing we hear so often when we talk about salvation is the phrase inviting Jesus into our hearts. And we read that scripture, we find out it's not just a a nice, sweet, tender concept of inviting Jesus into our hearts, but it's truth. And Romans 8, 8 through 10 says, The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And I think it's so important that we understand this. The Holy Spirit overflows from God into our hearts, and in turn, belief overflows from our hearts into our words and our actions. And if you listen to that scripture, it also talks about the vital role that the mouth plays in our confession. The Greek word for confessed means to admit, to consent, to promise, and to acknowledge publicly and openly. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And if you look around this morning, here are your many witnesses. We know we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, so let's use this time this morning to confess our belief and our love and our faith in the King of all glory. Sing this song with me. Who loves us is the same God who remains faithful and whose love has remained through the ages. And God, we just praise you for that unending love. And if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, I ask that you make this next song your conversation with him. Because, God, you never change. You stay the same. And your love remains always, God. So let's sing this song. And God, how can we even begin to express our love for you? You are truly the God who stays the same, who never changes, and whose love has remained through the ages of God. And we praise you for that unending love and 
that we can have hope and confidence in your sovereignty. We come to you this morning, God, with just excitement in our hearts and joy in our hearts, knowing that you are the God who we know you to be. And we ask that you come right now and invade our hearts with your spirit. Teach us what true worship looks like, God, because we want to be found in you, be the best worshipers of you that we can be. We love you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. I'll tell you, that's, uh, it's really, really exciting. You come over there and there's, uh, come into the, uh, into the Grace Impact Center and there's probably between 1,500 and 2,000 people a week that use the Grace Impact Center, which is exactly what we wanted. That was the vision and we're excited to see how God is moving and God is impacting the lives of people in our community and being able to be invited into the school. It's just, it's just amazing. All right, well, next week we're beginning a new series called What on Earth Am I Here For? What on Earth Am I Here For? And it it, it will help us understand God's will and purpose for our lives. It's a series that can truly change your life, but you need to be around on Sunday mornings to hear it in order for it to change your life. All right? And I was hanging out with a, with a few pastors. I do that all the time. We kind of we go out and have lunch and things like that just to connect with each other. And I was talking to different pastors, and, and uh, we were talking about small groups and the, the programs that we have going on in our churches. And we talk about archery, kind of share some different things. We, we share ideas and, and try to connect with one another. And one of the things that um, we talked about were, was church attendance. And every single one of them said the exact same thing. They said that for most people, regular attendance in church has become once or maybe twice a month. They said the church, the culture in our, our society, our culture is changing. So church attendance pretty much for most people is once or maybe twice a month. And I thought about that and it made me think about my time when I was 17 years old. I started going to church and I went every Sunday morning unless I was sick and I wasn't sick very often. I would be there on Sunday mornings. And and back then you had Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. I don't know if you you know grew up in a church where you went to church on Sunday morning and went home, had lunch and you, you know, sat around for a little while and you came back to church on Sunday night. That's just the way it was. Things have changed now where we have Sunday mornings and we have our life groups and there's other opportunities to get involved in church during the week, there, were, there weren't as many 30, 40 years ago. Um, and I aged myself right there. Um, but there were so, so ancient, ancient times where there were knights running around. They didn't have, you know, small groups. Um, but they didn't, we didn't have that. And I remember uh, my youth pastor coming up to me because I would come on Sunday mornings, but I wouldn't come on Sunday nights as much. It was very sporadic, especially during football season and hockey season. And uh, my youth pastor came to me and says, hey, I see you a lot on Sunday mornings, which is really good, but I don't really see you on Sunday nights. He says, what's the deal? I said, football. (laughs) Need I say more? I mean, football, first game, second game. Church is right in the middle of those, you know, that second game. And so, you know, let's not get carried away here, uh, youth pastor. And uh, he just looked at me and didn't make, you know, I guess he did make me feel a little bit guilty. But he looked at me and he said, priorities. And then he walked away. That's all he said. Priorities. I thought about that, and I, and I actually thought to myself, yeah, what, is, what really is my priority? At 17 years old, I watch football. I love football. I watch it all the time. And, uh, but I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? He, he's absolutely right. Now, before I move on, I want to say that I know there are people here this morning who work on Sunday mornings a lot. I know a lot of you, 
and you struggle. It's so annoying to you. And I do not want people. I can't stand it when I preach and people feel guilty about something. I want to what I what I was taught. Rick Warren, I, I spoke to him a, a few times. And one of the things that Rick Warren said is that when when, start, when stuff starts happening in the culture, in the church, he said, you teach your way through it. You don't have to guilt people. You don't have to beat on people. You teach your way through it. So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to teach my way through this as I see this, this change in our culture. So my question to you this morning is why, why should we make church a priority? Why should we make coming to church on Sunday mornings a priority? And I, let me start out with the top ten reasons. Now, this is not churches in general. This is just our church. The top ten reasons why you should come to Grace Chapel and invite all your friends to Grace Chapel on Sunday mornings. All right? Drum roll. Number ten. We serve really good donuts and bread. Woohoo! Yeah. That wasn't very good. Number 10, we serve good donuts and bread. I'll take them away. All right, there we go. Number nine, no one plays a harmonica better than Matt. Yeah, you're more important than donuts and bread, baby. That's good. Number eight, a cute girl or guy invited you. That's a good reason to come, okay? Yeah. Yeah, all those people got invited by the cute girls and guys. They're like, yay! Number seven. You can't wait to see what kind of hat Jen's going to wear in the morning. Number six. Your youth pastor can grow a mustache like Snidely Whiplash. Yeah. Number five. No one serves up hot cocoa and coffee like Phil and Marsha. Number four. You want to see if Gordon's going to wear his blue suede shoes again. Where is he? <laughs> Number three. Jeff doesn't teach very often about tithing. <laughs> but there are offering boxes right here at this door and the door behind you over there. So, you don't. Not... <laughs> Number two. We serve really good donuts and bread. Yes. And the number one reason to come to Grace Chapel on Sunday morning is to hear a good rap song. Woohoo! Can you get the stand? Oh, you know what it's like to have a staff meeting on Mondays and and to, uh, to, to, to talk about this and, and to want to do something like that and to be able to pull it off in like a week. That is absolutely amazing. The band that we have, I know I talk about it a lot, but to have, yes. The band, the praise singers are just amazing. They really, really are. So this morning, I want to take some time to explore the real reasons why we need to come together as the body of Christ on Sunday mornings. Why is that so significant? I think it's funny that a lot of people really need to hear this. They're probably sleeping right now, and you all made it, but that's okay. That's all right. It's good to have everyone here, and even those who are listening, I think it's good to talk this through and to kind of understand what God's Word says about us coming together on Sunday mornings and the significance of that. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to be reading through 22 through 25. In these verses, you'll find three great reasons why coming together as a church is important. Three great reasons. Number one, we come together to worship and connect with God. 
That's number one. We come together as the body of Christ to worship and connect with God. Verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Life can get so busy for all of us. Everything seems to be pulling at our time. And most of the time, pulling us away from God. I mean, people will say to me all the time, boy, I wish we could just come here every morning and have like a little chapel service, then send me off to work or send me into my day because I need that because everything else seems to pull me away from God. But it's at church where we can we can have a chance. We have a chance to lay aside all the busyness, all the craziness, all the problems of the week and focus our time on him. Focus on what is truly important, what is truly significant in our lives. And that's our relationship with God. Church is the place where we can come and more easily enter into his presence And as a writer of Hebrews, he puts it this way. We draw near to God. This is our time. Sunday mornings are a time we can come together and draw near to God. To focus our attention on him, to put all our energy into him, to leave behind everything else. It is so, so important for us to take the time to leave this world behind and focus our attention on on God. We all need that. We all need that. Because if we don't invest time and energy into God, there are so many other things that are going to draw us and pull us. We need as 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 people when we're doing something, we need to focus on that. I started taking Taekwondo with my son Joshua. He loves it. We go up here on Cox Road and it's, it's so enjoyable. And I, so I thought, man, this is something, I'm 50 years old, this is something I could do with my son Joshua and for the rest of my life. And one of the things that Master K T- Kim teaches the students when they come in is before, before they get into anything else, he wants them to meditate. He stops everything. He says, I want you to meditate. And you sit in a little Indian style kind of position. And I'm the most inflexible person the world's ever seen. So even that part of it is difficult for me. But you're sitting there. and He wants you to meditate. He wants you to focus. And when I'm there and I'm sitting there, I'm meditating. And Master K. Kim is a very strong Christian. And so we connect with each other. But when I'm at when I'm at Taekwondo, I ask God to help me to focus on Taekwondo. Not get caught up in what, I'm, what the rest of this day entails. As I'm sitting there, you know what it's like. You're, you're sitting, you're trying to focus on something. You're trying to relax your mind. And, and it's going everywhere. You're laying in bed. I get up sometimes, most of the time, 5.30 in the morning, 5, 5.30, because I wake up for a moment, my mind starts going. And, and it's very difficult to go back to sleep. But when I'm there, I ask God, I say, God, help me to focus on Taekwondo. Help me to be present in the here and now. To put everything else out of my mind. God, help me be my best for you during this time. Help me to give my best to you during this time. We do the same thing when we go to work. You know, I, I can connect with God at Taekwondo, but not the same way I can connect with God at church. When you're going off to work, you, you can pray, God, help me to be my best. Help me to focus on my work today. I want to focus on my work to be the best that I can be at work, to show, to be an example to all those around me, to work hard for you so that people, so that my actions will reflect 
my relationship with you. So we ask God to help us focus. We need at different points in our lives to focus, though we we want to focus on God all the time, but in different ways by, by how we live our lives. But on Sunday mornings, it's different. We come here. We want to be focused on him in growing and deepening our relationship with him. We come here to visit with God, to concentrate on God. Now, I know that you're thinking, well, I can, I can do that the other six days of the week. You absolutely can. And you should. We all should. But Sunday mornings is when we can come together and we can truly focus on strengthening our relationship with him like no other time during the week. We can focus solely on God. One of the key building blocks for Grace Chapel is worship. It's worship, worshiping him. Worship leads us into the presence of God. Now, worship is more than just playing praise songs. It's much more than that. Worship begins the moment we come onto this property, if you will. I mean, on Sunday morning, worship begins as soon as you park your car. We are worshiping God all the time as we interact with each other, as we, as we think about him. It's more, than just, it's more than just singing songs. When you think about worship, if you're a young believer, worship is way beyond that. Some people think, well, worship is a time when we start raising our hands and singing about the Lord. No, no. It's this entire service. We, everything we do, we do to worship God. We're praying to him. We're listening to him. We're thinking about him. We're, we're, we're learning about him. All of that is, is a way that we worship God. Now, when we do sing songs of praise and we sing those songs, it helps us, and like I said before, it helps us lay aside all the worries and all the concerns and all the fears of our lives, and it prepares us to meet with him. It creates an atmosphere. An atmosphere is created with, within Sunday morning, this time, where God can speak to you in ways that he can at other times. You know, it's, it's what's great about going on a, a retreat or going on a missions trip or going on a, whatever you do at the high school, or different things we do at the high school and the junior high. We get an opportunity to get away from everything else and allow God to speak to our hearts. Well, that's what we get on Sunday mornings. There's an atmosphere that's created where you're thinking about and dwelling on and focusing on and meditating on God. And God can say things to you that, that he can't say at other times because we're, we're distracted. There have been people who have made decisions to give their lives to Christ on a Sunday morning. There have been times where people have made decisions to stop doing so. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing this. I need to get my life right. and I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And there are times where God says, no, go and do. Go and do this and go and do that. Go out and make a difference here. Use the gifts that I've given you. And they make a decision decision to do something in their lives and be a marketplace minister. You know, I, instead of just going to work, I'm going to go out and be a marketplace minister. I, and maybe some people decide to know. No, the mission field is for me. And this morning, God spoke to my heart. And I was thinking, about, but this morning was really when God spoke to my heart because we're able to focus on him. And the atmosphere is created where God can speak to us. So we come together to worship and connect with God. But we also come together on Sunday mornings to connect with each other. That's the second reason. The second reason is to build community. We want to build community. This is the body of Christ. We come together here to build into each other. As God draws us, as God speaks to our hearts, we build into each other. We come together to love and to pray for each other. We come together to challenge each other to grow. 
We, we come together to hold each other accountable to how we're living our lives all throughout the week. To challenge each other. To encourage each other. To move each other forward. It's a good thing. You know, you come. How many people, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people have kind of been, you know, off the beaten path here and kind of gotten off with, and then all of a sudden you come back into the church and something is said from the pulpit or something is said that someone else is talking in the foyer or you're talking to someone or someone is praying for you. Hey, can we pray for you? And your life is put back on track. You're refocused and off you go. We need that because the enemy is constantly trying to pull us off the track and we need people around us to put us back in the right place maybe to use the word accountable though like i said hold each other accountable in hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23 it says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who was promised is faithful it's in community where we share our faith with one another where 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 we where we build each other up As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We come together to sharpen each other, to encourage each other, to push each other a little bit, to share ideas, share stories, share frustrations, whatever is on your heart, and to help each other. It's a community that we we remind each other that we, we were sanctified, that we were set apart that we've been set apart for God. We've been called together by God to work, to live our lives, if you will, together for God. So we've been called together by God to live our lives together for God. And that happens as we spend time together in community. It's in community that we encourage each other to stand strong. To stand strong because we know every single one of us goes through a difficult time in our lives. Maybe you're up and I'm down or I'm up and you're down. At any given time, 25 or 30 percent of the church is a little bit down. They're struggling. But we come together to help each other stand strong. When one of us begins to falter, when one of us begins to to doubt, when one of us begins to struggle, you have the others who will come around them and give them the strength and encouragement to keep moving forward. When one of us falls short, we struggle and we fall short. You have others. The others come around that person, remind them of God's love and God's mercy and God's forgiveness. Person walks through the door and they're like, oh, I hope the building doesn't fall down on me. And they talk to a friend. They say, what are you talking about? Well, you know, I've been really well. God loves you. I know God loves me, but you don't understand what I've done. Well, you know what? Have you asked for forgiveness? Yeah. Well, then God has forgiven you. We have a merciful God. You see, people on the outside looking in sometimes think, I don't want to go to church. People are going to judge me. People are going to make me feel bad. People are going to come down on me. The reality is, if you've ever been to church for more than once or twice, when you come in and you're struggling with something, people are coming around you because they know, because they're like you and saying, hey, God loves you. God will forgive you. God has mercy. God is compassionate. That's what happens within the body of Christ when someone, let me tell you, if if someone's gone for six months and they come back, people don't look at them and go, why are you here? Anybody ever said that time when they come back and you haven't seen them in a while? Why are you here? No, it's like, oh man, it's so good to see you. That's so great. You know, it's uh, so good to have you back. It's like, hey, we're the body of Christ. We come along and encourage one another. So church in church, we come together for each other. But we also come here, a little side note, for, for ourselves. Um, 
When I, when I first started going to church, I, I came because I wanted to worship God, and I came because I liked to see all my friends. I was 17 years old, had all these new friends, liked to see them at church. But I'll tell you something. I, I actually I came for myself most of all. I really did. I came for myself. It was, it was in church where, where God began to show me who I am. It was, it was in church where, where I, was, I, was, I, was, I felt connected. I, had, I felt like I had an, an identity there. It was in church where I understood for the very first time that there's meaning to life, that my life has meaning, that God created me for a specific purpose. It happened in church. It happened in church as the word of God began to speak to me. It's in church that we are reminded that we are created in the image of God. And that means that we have value. It doesn't matter what anybody else in the world says about you. You are created by God. You are a part of God's family. You belong to him. And that makes you unique. That makes you special. You are part of this family. We are children of the King. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. All those things are true, and we learn them all as we spend time with the Lord. We learn that we are capable as, as, as individuals, as a body of Christ together, especially together, that we're capable of doing the impossible. What people said you could never do. You learn in church, you learn as the body of Christ that you can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. We learn that the person we are today doesn't mean we have to be that person tomorrow. I am a different person today. I'll be a different person a week from now, a year from now. What a great feeling. You know, see, you, you think, you hear this stuff and you think, well, of course. But you know what? The people out there in the world, they don't realize that. They don't truly understand that who I am today can be changed. I can be transformed. I can be different tomorrow. God can work in my life. The power of God in my life can do extraordinary things. We need to understand that, that we're capable of changing our lives. It's in church that we discover our destiny. It's in church that we discover who we truly are. Verse, verse 24 continues, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Um, there are many ways that this can happen, um, but one of the most effective ways, one of the most powerful ways that it happens is in hearing the word of God explained and applied to our lives. To hear the word of God explained and then applied to our lives. That's where we truly begin to understand it. Now you can maybe write this down. It's, it's easy to remember. Information plus application equals transformation. Information, you hear the word of God. The word of God goes into your mind. Information, knowledge, truth about God. Information plus application equals transformation. Hearing it is one thing. Applying it is different. When it goes from your head to your heart and you apply it to your life, you own it. You gain ownership of it. You want to grow in leaps and bounds. You take what you know, you apply it to your life, and you will take off in the, in the faith. Information plus application equals transformation. And that's the third reason we come together. Teaching and applying God's truth. Teaching and applying biblical truth. See, when, when, when most people hear that, they think, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, that's what, 
That's what you do. That's what Jeff, Pastor Jeff does on Sunday mornings or, or Pastor Kevin or, you know, other pastors in the church. David, that's what they do or anyone else we have coming up. That's what the pastors do. That's what the, the staff does. And that's partly true. We, obviously, that's part of our responsibility. But each one of us is given insight into God's, into God's word. We learn from each other as God speaks into our hearts. As we learn the word of God and he speaks into our hearts, we're given insight. We're given wisdom. We're given understanding into God's word. And we use that to help and encourage each other. I don't know how many times I've been standing out in the foyer after first service. And someone will come up to me and they'll say, hey, uh, that when you were talking about this, this story came to mind or this quote came to mind or this illustration came to mind. Or have you ever thought about this or this word? This, there's another passage. I, I just love this passage you were talking about. There's another passage over here. And I will then use that in second service. People will share things with me in first service that I use in second service. See, we, we together as the body of Christ teach and help each other apply the word of God as God gives us insight, as God gives us wisdom, as we've been through different things in our lives. The church is a place where God brings all the pieces. If you can just see yourself as a piece of the puzzle, I'm a piece of the puzzle, you're a piece of the puzzle. God brings all the pieces of the puzzle together puts it all together and makes a beautiful picture. It's where we come together and accomplish things that none of us could do on our own. You know, when God gives me a vision, when God gives me a dream, I never think to myself, wow, I'm so glad God gave that to me. I'm going to go do it all by myself. I don't know of a dream or vision that God has given me where I thought to myself, well, I can pull that one off all alone. I hope you guys just just watch me do this. Just you guys just you're all out. Just watch me do this. You just sit back and relax. I've never thought that way because it doesn't work. When God gives someone a vision, he usually gives other people a vision around them. Or if the person who has a vision shares that vision, God begins to speak to other people's hearts and say, oh, I can bring this to the table and I can bring this. Have you thought about that? God's been speaking about this. And it brings it all together. It doesn't matter whether it's back-to-back ministries or self-sustaining enterprises or Grace Chapel or anything, anything else that anyone else at work on purpose, heart of the outdoors, all things that we're aligned with. Anyone who has a vision brings other people around them to fulfill that vision. We are pieces of the puzzle. You all bring something to the table. Every single one of you, you bring something to the table and you think, I'm not really sure exactly what that is. Well, that's what the next series is going to be all about. Helping you figure out your purpose and God's will for your lives. And so you bring those things to the table. You bring gifts, you bring talents, you bring abilities, but you also ask, we also ask each other as we're going through things in life, we ask each other, how did you do it? What carried you through it? We talk to each other. Some of you have gone through cancer. Other people have gone through other, other difficulties and, and physical ailments or emotional struggles in your life that you were able to overcome from childhood. And some will come to you in a small group or on a Sunday morning and they'll say, well, how did you, how did you get through that? What carried you through? And you share insight. You share understanding. You share the word of God. These are some passages, that, passages in the Bible that really help me. I went and talked to this person and I had people praying over me and I made sure that I didn't and I made sure that I did and I made sure and and God spoke to me and you share that insight with other people because God gives it to all of us so that we can help each other. Listen, we listen and we watch each other. That's how we grow. 
I mean, I, I raised my children and I, it wasn't just because you know, with Kim and Jen and, and Josh. I watched other families when I was younger, especially. I watched other families who were successful and I said, what are they doing and how can I apply this to my life? What biblical principles are they applying to their family to get those kinds of results? And how can I do the same thing? And not the next series, but the series after, we're going to be talking about some of those things. That's how we grow. We can, I guess here's the thing. Can we survive um, without going to church? Can we sur- kind of survive spiritually? Yeah, we can. Okay. But can you grow spiritually? And, and can you know God's will for your life? Can you... Can you say to yourself, I know exactly what what I'm here for. I understand perfectly why God has placed me on this earth. And the answer to that is no. You You cannot grow spiritually where God wants you to be without spending time with the body of Christ. Can't can't be done. There's so there are so many things. My father and I, my father's awesome. I get along wonderful, wonderfully with my father. Uh, he, he is growing in leaps and bounds in his faith. But years ago, he said to me, I don't go to church. I don't want to go to church. I can just I can just listen to God sitting under a tree. You're right. I can worship God sitting under a tree. You know what? You certainly can. It's hard to take communion by yourself under a tree. It's hard to get baptized by yourself under a tree. It's hard to invest in people's lives under a tree. It's hard to use your spiritual gifts under a tree. Unless it has to do something with a tree. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to do those things under a tree. There are things you cannot learn and areas you cannot grow in your life if you don't have that as a part of you. Let me ask you another question. Um, can you, can you um, build a strong and a healthy body if you exercise once a month for one hour? No, of course not. I have a good diet plan for you. The Jeff Greer diet plan. Notice how I stay so trim? Once a month for one hour. I don't eat. You know what I mean? It's like, can you really go on a diet? Can you have a good diet plan once a month for one hour? Can you, can you actually be good at some sport if you practice once a month for an hour? Can you learn how to play an instrument or do something in the arts if you practice or whatever once a month for one hour? Can you build a strong relationship with your husband or your wife or with your children if you spend time with them for once a month for one hour? Now, some of you are thinking, hey, that might, <laughs> that might be just when... No, and, and if, that's a, if that is a little struggle for you, again, next series, we're going to be talking about that to help you out. But you cannot do, you cannot accomplish, you cannot grow, you cannot become strong if you're doing something once a month for one hour. God, my friends, is not looking for our leftovers. He saved us. He set us apart. His plans for you are better than your plans for yourself. But you're not going to know what they are. His plans for you are better than your plans for yourself. But can you truly know his will for your life in a world with so much noise and so much distraction? Can you can you truly go through life without spending time focused on God and honestly try to understand his will and plan for your life in a world so noisy and so distracting? You guys are overwhelmed and so am I sometimes when we get out there. There are so many things on our plate, so many things that we have to do, so many places where we need to be. Life is tough. And if we don't stop, if we don't take the time to stop and come together, then we're not going to be able to understand what God has for us. Only you can decide what your priorities are. Only I can decide for myself what my priorities are. No one else can force me. This should be intrinsic, not extrinsic motivation. 
This should be intrinsic motivation. Why do I want to spend time with the Lord? Because it's a priority. Your relationship with God is the most important relationship you will ever have on this earth or after. It determines your destiny and where you're going to spend eternity. I don't know what more and the great is greater and more significant than that. Not only does God give you a purpose and give you meaning and give you and give you his will for your life here on earth and direct you and guide you, but then you spend eternity with him. What relationship is more important than that? You think about it. Why is it that we can spend two or three hours uh, of time watching our favorite movie, but then we come to church and we become clock watchers? And we all do that. Gosh, it's it's 12.05. It's five minutes over. It's five. Well, I hope he moves it along, moves it along. We don't do that. Church should not be an obligation. It should not be a guilt trip. It should be something that we desire to do, something that we want to do, something that we look forward to doing. It gives us a chance to know ourselves. I did not know who I was for the first 18 years of my life. Did not know who I was. The world shaped me into its image, and I I just was molded right into it. Fears, anger, frustration, all those things were a part of my first 18 years. And then God snatched me out of that life, put me in a different life, renewed my life, and said, here is who you are. Here is who I've created you to be. I'm going to show you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to change you completely into the person I want you to be. And I'm 50 years old now. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what God's will is for my life. I know why I was created. I know why I'm here on this earth. I know it. Now, what God has for me in the next 50 years of my life, you know, he can move things around, but I know who I am. I know who I am because of what God has done in my life, because he changed me. He transformed me. He helped me understand who I am. When we come to church, we begin to understand who we are and we begin to learn more about who our Savior is, our Savior and our Lord. As a church, we've tried to listen to people and why they may not want to come to church. We tried to listen and we tried to eliminate as many of those roadblocks, as many of those barriers as we could. So we don't have a dress code. You can come, you know, if you're in shorts right now, you're maybe a little crazy, but you're allowed to wear shorts. It's okay. All right. You're allowed to wear shorts. We, we have donuts and, and, and coffee out there. You can bring the donuts and coffee to the you know, chagrin of our rug. You can bring the donuts and coffee into the sanctuary. Right. We try to keep it to about an hour. Don't say a word. We try to keep it. We, we try to keep it to about an, about an hour and we have cushy seats for you to sit on. And we don't pass around the offering plate, but we do have boxes by this door and this door over here. (laughs) Got to bring that in deep, deep, brother, before you leave the village. No, I'm just kidding. Um, We don't pass. You know why we don't pass the offering plate around? Because that when you bring your friends, that's one of the most uncomfortable times in a church service. Here comes a plate, you know, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's not wrong. at all. we may change and do it at some point if you stop giving. But um, but right now we're just going to keep doing it this way because of the way your friends, you know, t- how it makes them feel. So we're trying to make sure we, 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 we do that. Many churches have just given up. They just they, they've they've just resigned themselves to the fact that people in their church are not going to come more than once, maybe twice a month. And they've done that because they're afraid if they bring it up, they resign themselves to it because they're afraid if they bring it up, people, less people will come. People will be offended and they won't come. Well, I got to tell you, I just have to be honest. That's not the kind of church that we are. That's not the kind of church that we are. 
I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't give up that easy. Now, I'm, number one, I don't believe that our church is that way to start with. I know most of you. I see you here more than once a month. That's not where we are. But we need to understand how, what, what, God, what, what God wants us to do with our lives and how God wants us to live our lives and, and, the, and the priorities that God wants us to have in our lives. And I won't give up that easy. You know why? Because we're talking about, listen to me, we're talking about Jesus. Not some God. Not, you know, you know I, I've been to church where they, they, they preach from the TV God. So they, they believe in some God out there. Who cares? They come once a month. We are talking about Jesus. Not some God. Our Lord and Savior our Lord, God, and Savior, the one who changed the world and the one who changed our lives, the one who is there for us when we were falling apart, when life was falling apart, the one who walked with us and carried us through the darkest days of our lives, the one, the one who rescued us and cares for us and has never left our side, the one who we run to when life is at its worst. That's what we're talking about. He deserves more than once a month for an hour. Deserves it. And you know what? We can do better. We should do better. Now, I'm going to say this again. I thought about it this whole week. I really gave some energy to it. That's not the kind of church we are. But let's not get there. Let's not get there. Let's buck the cultural trend. Let's be set apart for God. Let's truly be sanctified. Let's not go along with what everybody else does. Ah, once a month is good enough. Really? Really? Think about that. We're talking about the one who saved us, the one who transformed us, the one who's there for us all the time. And we're saying to him, you know what, Lord? Once a month is good enough for you. Maybe about an hour, an hour and ten minutes now. I'm going to get in trouble with the children's people. God's not happy with our leftovers. We can do better. We should do better. As I close, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says this, sums it up really well. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When, when I get to heaven, I don't want to hear from Jesus. I missed you. I want to hear, man, it's good to see you again so soon. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time we can spend together. And thank you for a church, Lord God, that does buck the trend. A church that desires to spend time with you. A church that desires to hear your word, apply it to their lives, and try with all of our ability to grow and serve you. Thank you for a place, Lord God, where we can talk about your word without fear. Where we can be honest with each other, to help each other grow as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Keep that forefront in our minds, Lord God, to keep you first and to, put, to make time for you first and let everything else fall into place in our lives. And we'll give you the praise and the glory as you help us do that in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.